You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 41. Josh talked with Jonathan Burtfield, who has more than two decades of experience focusing on digital transformations in large enterprises and who's an expert on implementing lean startup in these giant organizations. He discussed the importance of high-level managers actually talking to real customers, the potential of the objectives and key results tool for incentivizing internal innovators, and he also talked about the thing that is way more important than any tool for a company to become lean. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Inside Outside Innovation, the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision. Connect with our team on Twitter at the IO Podcast or on our website, insideoutside.io. And make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Now, let's get started. Uh, we're here at the Lean Startup Week conference. So far, what have been your reactions to the conference? I think there's a really large number of individuals and companies coming here who have moved past that kind of initial curiosity about what Lean Startup is mm-hmm. and are really starting to get their hands around how could we actually make this happen mm-hmm. um, at scale and in a kind of consistent and sustainable way. It feels like a difference in the last few years when it's been people just kind of dipping their toe in and like, what is this thing and what do these acronyms mean and what does this word mean? Um, it feels like a more robust audience. And, and as soon as you get past that stage and you start to at least adopt the vernacular, maybe you're starting to run experiments, you start to run into a host of all new challenges within a company, right? Right. Right, right. Tremendous because traditional behaviors, traditional incentives, traditional structures are all oriented around kind of the old ways of behavior, which is like just build it and they will come. Absolutely. And the expectation that what managers say should happen will happen and that customers will do what we say they will do. (laughs) Um, And so shifting to this posture where it's like, well, we're going to have a whole series of questions and we're going to try stuff out before we really uh, start committing big numbers, big dollars. Um, that, that requires a big orientation shift. I think it's exceptionally huge, especially because I see more and more of these product teams probably being the first ones to adopt lean startup methodologies. And, and they start to introduce this idea of should we build this, not how do we build this, and, and killing ideas. And if you don't start to change things or at least keep management or other leaders informed, it could actually start to think like, oh, there's not a lot of progress that's actually being done here. Because in the past, I'd get my big, thick, 30-page business plan or all the requirement documents, and maybe we'd cut stuff out, and that was lean, right? Right, But, right. but now we have a whole different way of approaching should things actually be built. Um, so how, how do we keep uh, really product teams many times and managers or leaders in alignment yeah. uh, with making sure that we continue to push this forward and actually get everything that we can out of lean? Yeah, well, I think it requires both sides of that conversation Mm -hmm. to take on that change and really shift what they do and how they do it. A friend of mine, Barry O'Reilly, who does a lot of this work, working with large companies on lean stuff, he says that, you know, managers and executives come in and say, um, we need to change. We need to change the way that we do stuff. And what they actually mean is 
you need to change and we're just going to keep doing uh, what we've always <laughs> yeah, done yeah. and it's fine because I've been doing this for 40, 30, 20 years whatever it is and I've been rewarded highly for doing that so why should I change Sure. Um, and what that results in is all these product teams getting incredibly frustrated because they're all really excited about these new techniques and these new approaches and they run into this buzzsaw of you know whether it's CFO or CEO or kind of just general leadership uh, not being um, receptive to these new ways because they've never heard about it or they've not been trained or they've not drunk the Kool-Aid, however sure, you want to sure. yeah, frame it. And so there's this inherent conflict set up where yeah. it starts just with, with product teams. So, so what are some of the things that we can do as corporate innovators to be able to really start to change that mentality? What do we need to expose managers to or leaders to? What experiences do they need to have so that they'll be better equipped to be able to support some of the lean initiatives in their organizations. Yeah, so um, one of the ways I like to frame it is talk about like an innovation marketplace, right? So we've got the, the product teams who are being trained to speak to the customer and build evidence and, and gather a uh, appropriate set of questions that they're validating or invalidating. And they're sure. presenting that as measures of progress when we're early in that, that, that innovation cycle. So often what they're doing is they're saying, well, we, you know, our, we can't measure any ROI at this point because we don't know what the return is going to be because we don't understand the customer or the market and we sure. don't know what our investment is going to be because we don't understand what they need so we don't know how much it's going to take to build it. So the only things that we can measure right now are kind of steps along this funnel. And unless management on the other side of the marketplace who are kind of looking for innovation opportunities to invest in and looking for uh, building out that funnel so they can really start to grow the company, unless they're receptive to that, unless they, unless they understand the terminology and the idea of innovation accounting um, metrics, um, then uh, it, it's going to fall flat. So sure. one of the things that uh, I spend quite a bit of time doing is working with executives, working with decision-making teams on exposing them to the ideas, um, you know, shockingly exposing them to customers, getting them to speak <laughs> to customers, uh, and seeing the power that has, seeing how it deflates the bubble of their own assumptions around what customers actually want and what customers actually care about and what their problems really are rather than their perception of them based on their vast experience in the market and their domain knowledge. So once you start getting them to understand that dynamic, then when they start seeing that evidence flowing towards them, they're much more receptive. Sure. So, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I first heard you say marketplace, uh, I envision managers just getting their dashboard that then all of a sudden has new information about uh, the stage of ideas and, and they still just have to analyze it. But you're also even taking it a step further that it's not just uh, being able to see the learnings, but you also want to push them to experience some of those learnings. You want them to actually sometimes get out and talk to those customers as well. Yeah, and, and not necessarily as, a, uh, as an ongoing practice where it's like, you know, that's where they're spending the majority of their time, but just having empathy with that reality that, you know, we talk a lot about like how, and at this conference you, you hear it enough, where we're talking about how fast things are moving and how the dynamics that were in play uh, in the past are no longer relevant. Right? And, you know, managers check the box and say, yes, I understand that. But until they really experience that, sure. then their, um, their bias tends to be, well, we know what we're doing because we're a market leader or we're trying to be a market leader or any of those things. So, yeah, really getting them into that frame of mind where the customer and customer centricity and evidence about the customer is as valued um, and in, in actually way more valued than the capacity of your 
product managers and your business analysts to sure. create a 40-page spreadsheet with lots of guesses and lots of assumptions built into it. Sure. I want to go a different direction. You mentioned something earlier that I know is a hot topic for a lot of corporate innovators, uh, especially as they're thinking about creating innovation labs, and that's the topic of compensation and incentives. Mm. I think a lot of people are dabbling around what the right way is. They understand that if I just pay a nice fat salary and benefits to these people who are supposed to be my innovators or entrepreneurs and residents, that that probably has some detriment. They're not going to move at the same speed as somebody who's bootstrapping this or has yeah. all of their passion and money into it. Uh, yet sometimes they're uh, hampered really by what they have at their disposal, right, to be able to offer from an incentive uh, standpoint. Have you seen anybody who's doing this well in terms of truly figuring out the right way to incentivize a lean startup or incentivize uh, the types of risk-taking and the failing fast that we want to see within internal innovation teams? I suppose the short answer is no. I haven't seen it done really well <laughs> at a large company yet. What what I've seen and some of the the kind of the best practices that are being picked up from the startup community. So using OKRs, uh, objective and key results, as a management tool to uh, understand what people are doing and then uh, incentivizing them against delivery against those things. Sure. Um, that's one way which has a, a really lot of potential. Again, I haven't quite seen it yet turned into an incentive structure. I've seen it turned into a um, kind of a, a performance management yeah, review perform structure. Yeah, sure. exactly. But I think that's that's one of the tools I think lies at the heart of potential for that because it is so um, able to be oriented around outcomes yeah. rather than just outputs, which is just such a classic um, failing of traditional incentive structures. I see a lot of companies uh, in their labs trying to be even more creative about you know, inventing new metrics to also use during the funnel of an idea, right? Uh, maybe it's the number of experiments they're running right. or, or the number of invalidated to validated assumptions. What are some of the things that you're seeing work well, uh, especially as we understand, and Eric Reese mentioned it yesterday, this whole idea of innovation accounting is still pretty nebulous out there and doesn't get the respect it deserves. What are the things that we should look at early on in the idea stage uh, funnel all the way to when we're potentially getting an MVP out there? I look at that from, from two kind of two vectors. So one is um, a highly kind of accounting and math orientation. And uh, there's a couple of people out there trying in different companies things like options. So pricing the value of the opportunity based on an option structure. I'm not really a, a math guy, and so I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. But sure. the, the accountants, the folks who are, um, there's a lot of resonance there with that because what it really does is it really allows you to understand the progress of an idea based on a perceived value. So Dave Benetti um, has been pioneering a lot of that, that conversation, and some of his tools are, are really great for that. I tend to focus more on a differentiation based on uh, what it is that the product team, so this is going to be a, a variable set of, of metrics, what the product team perceives as the likely signals of progress towards that first dollar or that first real measure of revenue progress. So sometimes that's about engagement, sometimes that's about sign up, sometimes that's about letters of intent, mm -hmm. whatever are those things, as long as you're framing them as a deliberate set of targets, setting up some, some expectations, and measuring them honestly and, and coherently, sure, then sure. they can become uh, evidence of traction. When I was running startups you know, a decade ago and trying to get and raise funding, uh, what the VCs wanted to see in order to, to meter out the funding or release the tranche or, or kind of say that they were ready to invest was traction, right? They wanted to see that you'd signed up X number of customers, that sure. you had 
um, whatever in the battle days of page views and all those kind of terrible metrics. But what they were really looking at was was traction. So finding the right measures of traction for the particular business and articulating them and tracking them over time. Jonathan, anything else that's catching your attention or or things that uh, have intrigued you here at the conference? So I think one of the um, one of the things I'm seeing more of at these kind of events is is a focus on tools. You know, the platform to manage your innovation structure, and I think it's it's almost an inevitable outflow of you know more people are doing this, and so like there must be a silver bullet solution, and and there may well be. I think one of the dangers for teams thinking about uh, adopting lean startup is to think that it's a tool centric approach that mm. if we get the tool in mm. we're going to be golden and i've not seen any evidence of that at all interesting um that it's much more about the culture and the dynamics in your particular organization and hacking the tools because really what you're talking about here is, is data and managing the learning and, and those kinds of things so um, some of the companies where I've, I've worked, we've started with things as simple as Google Spreadsheets and, and, and shared files and Trello boards and any of those kind of simple tools because mm-hmm. you've got to really be careful about locking yourself into a tool that orients either a perspective or you know, locks you into an approach too early. Sure, so. sure, sure. It's, it's very much more a mindset, as you said, and a yeah, culture very uh, much that so. you can start to experience. and. Uh, I think you're many times also when we think we're adopting a new solution, again, technology seems to be the right thing. We, we need the technology when, in fact, we need the right maybe process or framework or mindset or everything yeah. that's behind that, the behavior that's behind it, yeah. and then eventually the tools to be able to support yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Alrighty. If people want to learn more about you, Jonathan, or do you have a website or URL or Twitter handle or anything? We can send yeah, so to? yeah, my, my Twitter handle is uh, Berters, B-E-R-T-E-R-S, okay. uh, my name from, uh, from my way with youth. Um, <laughs> or you can find out more about what we're doing at myspinnaker.co, myspinnaker. How do you spell spinnaker? Uh, uh, S-P-I-N-N-A-K-E-R, as in the sailboat sail. Ah. My <laughs> is, is there a story behind that? Um, it's a long one, but uh, <laughs> with the wind behind your sails, I don't know. We, we haven't quite got the tagline going there. but it's, uh, <laughs> Sounds like there could be a song behind that, too. Sure, so sure. Let's do that. I'll, I'll look for your mixtape on that one. <laughs> It'll be mine. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to Jonathan for taking time at the conference to share his insights. Now it's your turn to talk to us. Connect on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at our website, insideoutside.io. While you're there, leave a quick review on iTunes. We would love to hear your feedback. Until next time, go out and innovate.